This is a Federal News Network podcast. The government has several initiatives underway to improve cybersecurity in the supply chain. Now an alliance of 200 international companies has launched an initiative of its own, partly to help members deal with federal mandates and get better on cybersecurity. For more, we turn to the president and CEO of the Global Business Alliance, Nancy McLernan. Ms. McLernan, good to have you on. Thanks so much for having me. And we should point out that this is not something that grew up in response to cybersecurity. The Global Business Alliance has been around for a long time. Right, absolutely. So the Global Business Alliance started in 1990. We are the only trade association that exclusively represents the U.S. operations of international companies across a really very wide variety of industries in the manufacturing space, and the services space. And just as a way of background, we should also point out that such companies have rules and laws under which they can legitimately get federal contracts by setting up firewalls and separate boards organized in the United States. And that's how companies like Ericsson, Siemens, and some of the well-known international names can, in fact, work for the federal government. Correct way to put it? Right, absolutely. So whatever security protocols need to happen in order for these companies to do business here with our national security agencies, they absolutely do so. And and these companies are not new investors in the United States, right? These companies, the majority of which come from allied nations, our friends and allies around the world, have been in the United States for many decades, some for more than a century So these companies certainly are part of the fabric of our business community here. Their success here in the United States is part of the U.S. success story. Sure. And they have lots of Americans working for them here in the United States. Absolutely. They have about nearly 8 million Americans working for them. And, you know, our membership represents about 200 of them. And these are the largest of the foreign companies in the United States. The average foreign company employs about 1,000 people. The average GBA member employs about 12,000 here in the United States. And our members come from 22 allied nations. Okay, let's talk about cybersecurity because there is a lot going on in the federal government. I guess the CMMC program, the Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification Program, has got a lot of contractors thinking about how to comply. Is that the main driver of this latest cyber initiative you've got going? So, you know, for the last few years, started under the Trump administration and certainly continuing under the Biden administration, we've seen more and more regulations coming online. The federal government's national security apparatus is growing as well as the threats are growing. And so our companies um, wanted to, of course, ensure that their supply chains, their cyber had the highest level of integrity. So, you know, honestly, they want to be leaders in the space. They know that as international companies operating in multiple jurisdictions, making things from components sourced all over the world, that, you know, they could be a target. So they want to work collaboratively with the federal government to ensure, you know, the safety of our critical infrastructure. So the Global Business Alliance, which is a trade association, we're an advocacy group, launched a subsidiary called GBA Sentinel. And it's through that subsidiary that we have partnered with a firm called Fortress Information Security to provide state-of-the-art tools to ensure that integrity. 
We're speaking with Nancy McLernan. She's president and CEO of the Global Business Alliance. So this is partly to help companies comply with CMMC, but also to get sharper on cyber for all of the other initiatives. We've got this big, long 5,000-word cybersecurity executive order, for example, and that's affecting companies large and small. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And it's something that, you know, as I mentioned, that our companies not just want to comply, they want to be leaders in the space. And so we're thrilled to have the opportunity to have GBA Sentinel partner with Fortress Information Security because that firm, and we looked at a variety of firms, but we were extremely impressed with Fortress. They are the choice for many federal government agencies. Their supply chain risk management technology is above all the others that we spoke to. But in addition to complying with the rules that are out there, wanting to show that our companies absolutely want to be as helpful as possible in protecting our critical infrastructure, there's a concern with our membership that, in fact, as foreign companies in the United States, they may be discriminated against in terms of federal contracts. And unfortunately, a couple of weeks ago, we saw that the National Reconnaissance Office made a policy decision to exclude the U.S. operations of foreign companies in bidding for some commercial remote sensing work. And with the idea that I suppose that either these companies don't employ as many Americans or their security is not as strong, and that's just not the case. And while a policy like this seems like it's promoting sort of American workers, it's actually pitting American workers against other American workers, because we're talking about the U.S. operations of foreign firms. And let me just ask you this, the firms that are in the alliance, are they mostly European headquartered? Do you have Chinese headquartered firms, for example? No. So Europe is the largest investor in the United States. So uh, European companies certainly make up the largest portion of our membership. I'd like to suggest that your listeners go to gbasentinel.com to learn more about our subsidiary and then to learn more about our organization. It's just globalbusiness.org. All right. The point is it's companies that have been here a long time and not subsidiaries of Russian or Chinese or whatever types of countries where we do have some rivalry both militarily, economically, and in security. Sure, absolutely. And the ultimate ownership of a company shouldn't be an indicator as much as each company doing any sort of national security work needs to go through the same rigors as any other. And certainly my members have been meeting those rigors for decades. And this compliance tool then is available to all of your members, the Sentinel developed product with Fortress. Is it available for anyone that would like to try it, even if they're not a member of the Alliance? Uh, Yeah, certainly. Again, they can go to gbasentinel.com, learn more about it, contact me, and, you know, we could set something up. The number of vendors that a large company has is, you know, it's enormous, right? And so while some of the regs that have come down and executive order and so forth may have certainly a big impact on small and medium-sized businesses because of the cost of doing some of those things, a large business like the companies in my membership, there's just so many different vendors. 
and they need a tool to be able to efficiently look through, you know, it's getting harder to just rely on your vendors to provide us the information. You know, the term trust but verify definitely uh, applies here. I think President Reagan made that famous uh, Russian proverb, but that's the situation we're in. You know, companies certainly want to trust their vendors, but we're in a time period now that, that we need to verify. And I imagine the semiconductor shortage, the integrated circuit shortage, has everybody on edge because if suddenly some new supply appeared, you would definitely want to verify that it is, in fact, made according to the standards we need in security for, for the electronics that go. And I imagine a lot of your members are manufacturers that rely on microelectronics for the heart of their product. Yeah, absolutely. You're 100% correct. We also have a number of semiconductor manufacturers in our membership as well, Infineon, Bosch, uh, TMC. And so it's an issue for really so many of our member companies. Nancy McLernan is CEO of the Global Business Alliance. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks so much. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I am your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vice Admiral Cutler Dawson. Cutler has had an incredible career serving our country for 35 years in the Navy, where he attained the rank of Vice Admiral. During his service, he had numerous assignments afloat and ashore, including Commander, Second Fleet, Striking Fleet Atlantic, and in Washington at the Pentagon and on Capitol Hill, where he was the Navy's Chief of Legislative Affairs. Immediately following his retirement from active duty in 2004, he became the president and CEO of Navy Federal Credit Union, the world's largest credit union, where he served for 14 years. Under his leadership, Navy Federal grew from 2 million to 8 million members. Phenomenal. Cutler, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thank you, Shane. You've had a fascinating career across both military and the private sector. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and your professional journey? Well, I started out at the Naval Academy where I graduated in 1970. And then, as you mentioned, spent 35 years in the Navy um, with uh, six actual actual, uh, afloat commands. Uh, The first one was when I was 27 years old. Uh, I didn't know enough to be scared of anything. And it was uh, probably one of the highlights of my career. Um, And then after I retired, after 35 years, I went to uh, work at Navy Federal Credit Union as the CEO, where I spent my next 14 years. Um, I'm I'm currently retired and enjoying life. And um, it's been a great run for me. How would you describe your leadership style? And how's that developed over the years? My style has been quite con- consistent. Um, I believe, and I've learned this in the Navy, that you have to go to the deck plates uh, to see what is going on. And you have to learn what your people do and how they do it so you can help them to be better at it and more efficient and more productive. Um, it's um, something that you need to do all the time. Um, I remember I used to tell folks that um, you don't want to retreat to your cabin what I mean by that is um, the longer you're in a position, the less you think you have to get out and about. But that should be the opposite. You should get out and about more because people change, situations change, and you've got to figure out a way to get to them and find out what they're doing and where, what you can do to help them. 
Uh, I we'll talk a little bit more about your book, but I read it um, from C to the C suite. Fantastic read. You talk about the deck plates in that um, as well. I would encourage everyone to get a copy of this and read some more detail about going to the deck plates. Cutler, who was the most impactful leader in your life and what quality did you admire about them? I had numerous while I was in the Navy, but uh, the quality that, that I enjoyed the most was the leaders that got to know me as an individual and that they cared about me. And I could tell that they cared about me. And they were not only my leaders, but they were my mentors. And um, I remember um, one particular one, Bill Schiffer, when I had my first assignment at the Pentagon, um, I would go in to see him with my problem of the day. And I knew that he had numerous problems of his own, but he would stop and he would focus on me and he would make me feel like I was the most important person in his world. Um, and I, I tried to do that um, throughout my career. But really, it's about caring for your people. Cutler, in reading your book, there was a quote you used that you used to inspire those people that work for you. And it really got my attention. And it was, it was you are the captain of your own ship. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what that means and how it was useful to you and the leaders you were developing. Uh, absolutely. Um, what I mean by captain of your own ship, when you are the captain of a ship, sometimes you're in the middle of the ocean and you don't have anybody to turn to to make decisions. You don't have anybody to turn to ask, what should I do now? You have to be the captain of that ship. And I, I translated that um, into, let's say, Navy Federals organization, where I would tell branch managers that, I said, you are the captain of the ships of Navy Federal. You're the ones that are facing the, the members or customers as others call them every day. And you have to make decisions without a lot of guidance in some cases and without a lot of time. So be the captain of your own ship. Step up, uh, make decisions, uh, do what you think is right and you never can go wrong. I think that is so important. And you have to give your people a little bit of latitude to take some risk as well, because there is risk for them in doing that and risk to your organization. That's right. And, and I mentioned that I took command of my first ship uh, with five years in the Navy and I was 27 years old. Well, my boss had 32 years in the Navy and um, his, his guidance to me when I first met him was, Cutler, you do the right thing and I'll back you up all the way. What a wonderful way to, to spend an assignment with, uh, with backup and, and guidance like that. What, what great, great advice. Uh, it's clear leadership is a topic you're passionate about. You wrote the book we mentioned before, um, From C to C-Suite. Can you tell us a little bit about that project? Yes, when I was at Navy Federal, I would tell C-stories. Uh, as parables to get my point across. And um, folks would tell me, Cutler, we like your stories. It gives us a picture of what you're trying to tell us. Now, what else are they gonna say? They work for me, but uh, uh, I took it as a compliment and it was. And my wife encouraged me to write a book and I needed a co-author to help me. And I found a lady named Taylor Keelan who was the perfect, perfect co-author. She turned in my stories into wonderful chapters um, that I'm very proud of. Where can listeners find a copy? Well, you can get it on Amazon uh, and you can also uh, get it on the Naval Institute website. 
and I might add that um, any proceeds from the book, Navy Federal uses uh, to give to charity. Fantastic. Cutler, thank you very much. Really enjoyed your time and your lessons and in leadership and sharing with us your life story. And, and uh, I've learned a lot both from talking to you today and reading your book. And thank you very much for your time. It's my pleasure. And I, I, I would like to add one thing if I could, Shane. Um, during my assignments in Washington, D.C., I gained the utmost respect for the civilians that work here every day. They're hardworking, they're dedicated, and they, they have my eternal gratitude. Uh, I got to come and go from the Pentagon. They stayed every day and worked in Washington when I got to go out and um, enjoy being at sea. Perfect, thank you. Yeah, we, WEPA serves civilian federal employees, but your comment is well taken because the interaction between the two is is continuous, it's nonstop, and it's critical. So uh, the career civil servants, as well as career military, uh, our country would not be where it is today without them. I totally agree. And, and I can tell you from the US Navy standpoint, uh, we couldn't operate like we do without them being the backbone of what we do. Thank you very much for your time today, Cutler. And to everyone listening to Lessons in Leadership podcast, we'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.